Hello and welcome to The Revolution on an Informed Life Radio, 1150 AM KKNW and CHD TV. I want to get out of the way right at the beginning that the views expressed in this program today are not necessarily those of Children's Health Defense or KKNW. It, it's just me and it's going to be Javier and our some call-ins. It's going to be a call-in show today talking about things all over the place. And yeah, we'll probably get a little bit political today because it is the silly season and in many states throughout this great nation of ours. Um, you know, Javier, once you come on here and, and you know, as we get going, um, I'm going to give out some phone numbers here. Uh, maybe we lost him and log back in here. Um, but, you know, there he is. Hey, Javier. There I am. Oh, good <laughs> afternoon, Bernadette. Oh, so good to see you, sir. Good um, to see you, too. In my opening remarks, Sarah was talking about the silly season, which is leg legislative session. And and I got to tell folks here, you know, when you first the first couple of times you go to your state capitol, um, a lot of times you're nervous. Yes. You know, these are these are senators and representatives and 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 you're a little intimidated and you're walking the halls and you don't know what to say and you feel very awkward and that sort of thing, you know, but. The more you go and the more comfortable you get and the more you spend time talking to legislators and seeing how the process works or doesn't work, as mm -hmm. it were, the more you are amazed that the country functions at all. <laughs> because I'm serious. I'm serious. It's like a big... Um, okay, only bad words can come to mind. It's a screwed up board game. Yes. Where oh, really a lot of voices from all over draft legislation, you know, including me, I've drafted legislation, but I work really hard to, you know, I'm not a professional, but, but it's coming from all over and you get these things and you're thinking, and somebody put their name on it and filed it as a bill. It's like, did you even think about the repercussions, let alone the grammar of what the sentence is, right? Exactly. What are you doing? And and then you you talk to legislators and you see them sign on to bills on an impulse without reading them, without knowing the topic. It's really crazy. It has evolved to be absolutely ridiculous system that our, you know, our forefathers had didn't understand it would be. They're trying to cram all this up into a lot of times in just a couple of months, right? Exactly. Yes. Anyway. So uh, today's going to be a, a call-in show. So we, Javier and I are going to be all over the place talking about what's in the news, all kinds of things going on. It's going to be a fun show, but we want listeners to call in because, you know, you are so important. We exist, we in Inform Life Radio, to try to bring you information important, we believe to be important. We want you to call in, let us know what's important to you. What are you thinking about? What do you want to know more about? What are you mad at? What are you happy about, right? Let us know. Exactly. Um, the phone numbers are 1-888-298-5569 
or if you're local, 425-373-5527. So give us a call and tell us what's on your mind. And we'll bring you on into the conversation. Remember, this is AM radio, so let's keep it rated G for your <laughs> Sometimes those slip in there when we get passionate, but let's let's keep it family friendly. Yeah. Um, so Javier, last week, uh, Washington State House Bill 1333, we talked about it had it had been heard in um in a public session with public comment and a work session mm-hmm. and I do air quotes work session because it was just a presentation that was the most skewed thing I'd ever heard. Oh yeah. There was no opposition in the work session and it was the most incomplete radical only one narrowed focus. So anyway, I, I should back up HB 1333 in Washington state is a bill that will establish the domestic violence extremism commission, which is a public health style community based network that will be designed as they explain it to prevent for prevention and intervention of radical leaning ideologies based on what they consider to be radical leaning, which the the present presenter said were anybody who um, is an anti-masker or an anti-vaxxer or um, concerned about election integrity, doesn't like CRT and is opposed to drag queen story hours. So exactly. I confess I, I'm, I'm every little blue bubble that they put up there. And I proudly say so. And I say, say so even more strongly now, because in the United States of America, you try to trample on free speech. You're going to get a lot of mama bears riled up. Absolutely. No, there's no question about that. And again, the 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 real impetus of 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 the bill is really to try and join um, the domestic terrorism uh, definition with uh, public health. Yes, so trying to tie in mental health with public health, and this is something that uh, uh, Peter Breggins has been talking about extensively for decades: the weaponization of mental health as it pertains to silencing political opposition. Yes, and this. And when they say sip, slippery slope, this is not a slippery slope. This is the first stone that's being constructed to make sure that they can put that into the uh, into the structure of government. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, that's exactly what they're doing. And I do see that we have somebody here. Fantastic. We have Annette from Port Townsend uh, to come on the line. Welcome, Annette, to an Informed Life Radio. Oh, Bernadette, it is so good to be on your show. Thank you so much for having me. Um, You were such a mentor to me attending these legislative sessions, and I wondered if you would remind us all approximately how many of the bills, how many bills these legislators typically see in a session. Oh, my goodness, hundreds Hundreds. I, I I lose track of how many. And each um, each person is usually carrying, you know, a dozen or more, uh, sometimes into the 30s and 40s that they carry themselves. And then you add those all up. They just really and they don't nobody has the um, 
what what's the word I'm talking for? The the brain expands. The, yeah, bandwidth. What's that? Yeah. Bandwidth. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> See, I don't have it. The <laughs> bandwidth to to adequately really understand the legislation that they're being asked to review. And especially the unintended consequences, because as somebody who does work to to draft a bills, um, I spend a lot, a significant amount of time once it's drafted playing devil's advocate. And exactly. and what could go wrong with this? Mm-hmm. What could I accidentally do to harm the public in a way we don't want to do? And sometimes it's like if I can't if I can't figure out a way to draft the bill to not cause harm. I'll just, I'll just, I won't submit it. I'll say I, I'm still working on it because, but I don't want to do more harm to society. And my, you know, goal is to improve freedom, informed consent, and and consumer rights, right, and human exactly. rights. Right. Um, yeah. Well, that's how professional you are, and that's what's lacking, you know, in so many um, arenas. Um, I just thought I'd take a few minutes and entertain our Washington audience with uh, a short story about our local. Uh, Jefferson County, Clallam County dual board of health, uh, or rather uh, public health officer, this uh, young woman named Allison Berry, who was um, who just climbed out of the culture of a petri dish at Johns Hopkins about ten years ago, um, mm-hmm. and now knows more than just about everybody. Um, uh, uh, Johnny Anitas, uh, Peter McCullough, she knows more than all of them. Um, but I shared, um, uh, and this is sarcasm from Annette, in case anybody <laughs> isn't picking that up. <laughs> Sorry, um, I shared with the Board of Health at the last meeting here in Jefferson County, Erin Seary's deposition of Catherine Edwards and uh, her inability to, well, her her acknowledgement that no, none of the uh, trials for all of the childhood vaccines were not designed to rule out their, that they could cause autism. So I shared that and I, and I suggested that perhaps um, we'll be in the same place with the COVID jabs because the research has not been done to prove that they are safe. We're, I was talking about safety specifically there. Right. And she she shot back and um, accused me of twisting her words, uh, twisting Catherine Edwards' words, and that she's been consistent on that vaccines don't cause autism forever. And she sent along, which was just such a wonderful target for me, a Frank Stefano. Uh, paper where uh, he cited several epidemiological studies that show that vaccines don't cause autism. So it's it's been quite a, a fun ride with her, and um, it is shocking how powerful this incredibly ignorant person is here in the North mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Olympic Peninsula. And she did invite me to come to come off the dark side and come back to her side where they don't spread misinformation and disinformation. And this is some this is a public official that said that to you yeah. as as someone who actually pays her tax dollars? Yeah. Yeah, she yeah. you know she she said, you know, this is typically the way I communicate that I distort and I said I how can I distort the word no? <laughs> Catherine Hedford right. said no. <laughs> Yeah, the studies have not been done. There's no, and isn't it disturbing that um, this public health official in your county is so devoted to her love 
of vaccines yeah. and and so caught up in the narrative that she can't even comprehend when the godmother of vaccines is forced under oath this was in a deposition right. to exactly. admit no there were no studies done to rule in or rule out that vaccine for autism and that vaccine for autism you know there's only been one vaccine in one ingredient study so annette i wonder if she provided to you the antigen study and, and if she did, this is a DiStefano study from the CDC. And if she had read it carefully, because one of my favorite things to do is to point out this particular DiStefano study, <laughs> because it says in the conclusion where the authors are, are you know, contemplating what they've discovered, that they cannot rule out in cases of... Um, regressive autism in which a child is developing normally mm -hmm. and then begins to lose, you know, some skills, mm -hmm. they cannot rule out environmental uh, causes, including vaccines. Oh, they say including right? vaccines right there in Stefano study. He leaves the window open as we can't rule out because this ridiculous study was tobacco science. It, they, they examined kids who got vaccines with one level of antigen, the viral or bacterial component against other kids who got uh, vaccines with another level of antigen. There were no, there was no control group. There's no, no. saline placebo group, no non-vaccinated yeah. group. It was just, this is tobacco science. Yeah. So what was the year of that study, Bernadette? Um, I don't recall the year of that, okay, but I'll I can, it. I can send it to you. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. That would be great. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Well, well you know, thank you for your good work. I would have had, I would have been spot on and I'm still trying. <laughs> Yeah, oh. keep on, keep on attending, keep on bringing it up. One of these days, she'll just have to climb up because you've got her cornered. Well, I hope you're right, as Javier. And um, oh, thank you, you will. both. Thank you both for the show. Really appreciate you so much. Okay, carry on. Oh, thank you, Annette. And thank you for all your great work that you're doing in your county. That's what it takes, Javier. Wherever you are, wherever you live, you can make a difference. What Annette is experiencing here, some people are hearing everything she's saying and they're waking up and they're learning. Yes. But you're always going to run into those people who have that cognitive dissonance, that they are unable to hear you. Because they've been told for 40 years that anybody opposed to vaccines and anybody who links autism to vaccines is a nutcase. Exactly. And they just cannot let that go. Um, so it looks like we have another person. It looks like we got Bob from Vancouver who's going to talk about loss of trust in public health. Oh, boy. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's bring Bob on. Hello. Hello, Bob. Welcome. I, I can I recognize that voice. Hey, Bob. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good, Bernadette. Hi, Javier. Hi, Bob. How you doing? Very good. Very good. Can you guys hear me okay? Yes. You can hear you. It's a, it's a little bit rustly, but we got you. And I, I do want to let people know that I recognize this Bob is, is my Bob. He's Bob Reynolds. He is Vice President of Informed Choice Washington and a terrific guy, a great dad, you know, learning so much and really stepping up to get active. I just so admire him. And it's such an honor and pleasure to work with you, Bob. Um, and I really appreciate you calling in because I, you know, 
there's just so much that we need to talk about and so few venues for us to get in there and talk about it. So tell us what in particular uh, you want to go over with us today. Thanks, Bernadette. And I really appreciate the opportunity to be on the show and all the work you do to get the word out. This show is awesome for that. And, and so typically, you know, we would probably talk about uh, a few studies here and there, but there's a public opinion, a court of public opinion is starting to weigh in on the pandemic, the restrictions, the judgments that were made, the messaging that was made over the last couple of years. And yep. so yep. Uh, there's an article, there's an opinion piece put out. I don't know if you saw this yet, and it was referenced in our favorite newsletter, morning newsletter, Coffee and COVID. But, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so this, this came out, was published by uh, a med student, Kevin Bass. And he has phrases like, I can see now that the scientific community from the CDC, the WHO, the FDA, and their representatives repeatedly overstated the evidence and misled the public about its own views and policies. And this isn't just an opinion piece that's words. It's, I don't know, at least 50 linked articles. Bob, is this the one in Newsweek? And this is the one in Newsweek. I was going to bring Newsweek. That up. Okay, yeah, I, I've I've got that here, so I'll I'll show that to people. Thank you. Yeah, go there ahead. Go. Great, thank you. I forgot you could show stuff on a radio show. <laughs> 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 and so I'm clicking on one of the first links, and and it goes to including on natural versus artificial immunity, and they bring up the Kentucky study from. 2021, May through June 2021, one of the first ones where they uh, started to declare that, oh my gosh, you know, once you've had COVID-2 and your risk of reinfection is really reduced with vaccination, basically trying to point to the fact that vaccines are more important than natural immunity. And this study (laughs) was completely debunked and... Uh, was such a narrow time frame, and when the prevailing infection rates were driving everything in the neighborhood, that there's no way that the study could stand on its own. And that's still published, still published as an MMWR, the Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report at the CDC. And MMWR is not peer-reviewed. It is a newsletter for the CDC, by the CDC, and it's just for communications. That's it. It's not peer-reviewed. Wow. Yeah, I, I cite that often when I'm writing legislators, just because any of the articles there, I'm using their language, I feel. Yes. But it comes with caveats, like you say. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. No, it's just amazing. I think that this, the, what, 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 so the, although this, the Newsweek article really uh, explores a turnaround and opinion of people that have, you know, looked at the data and said, yeah, this is not working anymore. This really is a major narrative shift for the entire story that basically it's crumbling. And now institutions, including the mainstream media, are basically trying to ensure that they're not tossed out for their complicity in what has been happening for the past three years. So the fact that Newsweek published it is more of, we know we screwed up. We're, ne- we're now trying to make amends for it so you don't throw us out and go completely to the uh, uh, free and independent media. Yeah. And, you know, Javier and Bob, what I, what's so concerning is we had years. And, you know, when we talk about, like, the whole vaccine issue, decades mm-hmm. of 
really propaganda going out there and, and telling people something's not true that is true, as well as really ugly attacking of the individuals on our side who just want scientific integrity and public health policy. I keep saying that ad nauseum. I want medical freedom, informed consent, scientific integrity, blah, blah, blah. And yet we get vilified and attacked. Okay. What's really concerning is when the government or whoever the powers that be this in this administrative state that we're in decide, okay, we're going to start telling the truth. They've created monsters that do not want to be reeled in. Exactly. The the commissioner out in, you know, Port Townsend area in Washington state is not able to hear even when the godmother Catherine Edwards, godmother of vaccines is is forced under oath to admit that the studies have not been done to claim that vaccines in the plural all of them do not cause autism. The commissioner couldn't hear it. And and like on Twitter, you'll get into Twitter, Twitter discussions with individuals who just are so they, they get so ugly. It's that ugliness in the attack. I think about marriages that have been broken, lifelong friendships that have been, I've lost good friends. Yes. I didn't walk away from them. They walked away from me because I dared say science that they're being told. Right. Uh Anyway, so so yes, I do feel like the media is being allowed to do mea culpa in order to try to cover their behinds now. Exactly. Um, and so is the government to a certain extent. We had the um, at that Verback meeting, there was that Tom, what's his name? Shibaka, I can't pronounce his name. It starts with an S Shibaka Kura or I, he um he admitted at the latest Verbach meeting that people with very serious adverse events are having a lot of trouble and um, they need to get help. I mean, he actually admitted it. Um, but but all of this backpedaling does not calm down the zealot, ugly people who want to continue to attack us and to remove our right to speak, our right to exist in many um, situations. Exactly. So, yeah. Bob, are you still there? I am. I just think back to, say, a couple of years ago in the middle of the pandemic and what is more and more being confirmed as censorship and, uh, you know, uh, suppressed feeds and getting information out there that we were reading. These, a lot of the studies cited in this particular Newsweek article are from a year ago, two years ago. Mm -hmm. and, and imagine the problems we had trying to promote those to the, to the, you know, to the narrative, to our own channels, to our own uh, email list right. and so forth to say, look, look, look at this, or we can, we can discount this study by this, this, this. Exactly. And, and that was impossible. And now we're having a lot of help. Now there's a lot of people joining the cacophony of noise uh, against the judgments that were made during the pandemic. So I, I just yes. hope that we don't, uh, I hope this turns into a bit of a pushback and then there is some accountability. That's kind of why I'm doing what I do. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and thank you so much for doing what you're doing. Um, and I got to tell everybody out there, I don't know if people realize this, but we're an all volunteer organization. You know, Bob works probably 40 plus hours a week, as do I. Um, 
for nothing, you know? Well, not for nothing. Or <laughs> satisfaction that you're doing the right thing, right? There but we don't go. get paid. <laughs> um, so, Bob, thank you so much for calling in and, and for all you do. Appreciate it. Sure. You guys have a great day. Thank Thanks. you, Bob. Um, I, I had a thought there before we bring on our next caller. Uh, oh, um, so I was talking about creating monsters. So they put out this propaganda because they want they want an action. They want increased vaccine uptake. So they lie about ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine. They lie about what they know about the shots. They cover up and silence and censor injury. They censor the doctors. They censor the scientists. They create this big monster. And now what we have in Washington State House Bill 1333, exactly. where a big slide goes up and that says people who are anti-vaccine and anti-mask have are part of a giant conspiracy that is foaming <laughs> dissent and leading to domestic terrorism. And, and like, if we don't dial this back and get people right. And it's just in, it's just insane. And, 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 but there's a lot of people who really, really want, to make sure that you and I and all the other people cannot say the truth about these products to the point that they are willing to write a law yes. it, that will label and censor us. And as Bob Ferguson admitted in his study, mm -hmm. that, that it will trample first and second amendment rights. Exactly. Exactly. And again, I can't believe that an AG actually stated those words in yeah. clear violation of his oath of office. Yeah, I, I hope some attorneys are looking closely at that because, you know, that seems like it is in violation of his oath of office that he's even intending on going there. Exactly. So yeah. should we say should we say the phone numbers one more time? Yeah, let's do that. And then we'll bring on our next caller. You go ahead this time. All Javier. right. So for folks that are listening in the state of Washington, it's 425-373-5527. Again, 425-373-5527. And for everyone else around the world in the United States, anywhere. It's 888-298-5569. One more time, 888-298-5569. Yeah, so let's, uh, let, we got Dr. Fogarty calling in. Let's bring on Dr. Fogarty. He's <laughs> one of our favorites. <laughs> hey, guys. There you are. Hey, now um, listeners not, might recognize that name. We've had Dr. Fogarty on the show several times in the past few years. He uh, he was one of the first to introduce us to uh, hyperbaric oxygen uh, therapy for treatment of COVID and uh, many other illnesses. Mm -hmm. And uh, he brought us the purple powder, that wonderful combination of uh, amino acids that make glutathione, spirulina, beet powder, and lemon powder. I had my spoonful today. Same um, here. Yeah. Good stuff. Oh, yay. Good stuff. <laughs> so what you doing, Dr. Fogarty? Are you at work? What's going on? Uh, I'll be working tonight from uh, the Sand Hills of Nebraska, reading films all over the country um, as part of my medical interstate communications practice, where I still have a little bit of free speech in teaching my fellow physicians about what to do with some of these COVID patients. But I want to give you an update on uh, things going on in <clears throat> the legislative world of uh, the Northern Plains and uh, kind of some concepts that I think um, we we really need to look at 
um, where where the the real resistance is from the political social fabric of, of America, and it really is in all of the rural counties uh, mainly, and 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 then when you translate that into the rural legislat- legislators, the rural associated. Uh, legislators of this great nation are, they're the ones who are writing these powerful bills. They're the ones who are stepping in and, uh, you know, and, and at the attorney general level, of course, uh, the discussion you guys just had, you know, somebody really needs to start going after these, these criminals in, in public office, uh, in the, in the attorney general's offices. And, and, uh, the case in point right now is that, uh, the former state senator, uh, Scott Jensen, MD, uh, who on the Health and Human Services uh, Committee as the vice chair when he was in the legislature in Minnesota and then uh, ran for public office, ran for governor of Minnesota, and really had, you know, there's all kinds of concerns about election fraud all over the place, but if, if you add up the number of voters in Minnesota who went with Scott Jensen or three other uh, additional third-party kind of candidates in the mix, they beat uh, the the, uh, the sitting Minnesota governor collectively, mm. and um, and so had even one or two of those folks dropped out, uh, Scott Jensen would be the governor. And now, after the election, uh, it's a political machine hit job. The attorney general of Minnesota is now calling him forth to the board of medicine for yet another round of inquiry regarding oh, no. his ethical his his most ethical practice in America. I mean, from from a there's there's two political chieftains in this country, uh, Joe Ladapo down down in Florida because of Governor DeSantis putting him in that position, is the most important political position in this country, and I would argue with anyone that the the other most important is, is Scott Jensen, and 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 what has happened to him uh, is 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 so egregious, it's it's outright treason, it really is. That we have attorney, we have an attorney general going after him again for taking care of people, for bringing to light the the COVID misinformation stream of informatics in medicine yep. that is bilking the federal government for all of these dollars to come out of the the federal largesse mm-hmm. for any kind of COVID diagnosis. You know, a guy gets in a motorcycle accident. I read his his head CT at night. Uh, from from Nebraska into one of these other states, and, and the guy is declared dead but diagnosed with COVID, and then the, that hospital files files that in the in the COVID death stats and makes a bunch of money on it. I mean, exactly. it's fraud from the start. It's all yeah. over the place. I mean, we we are living we are living in the worst version of a racketeering scheme. Uh, our nation is no longer a nation of laws and government. It is literally. Yeah. From from Gates to you know funding the World Health Organization, yep. and and the World Health Organization is now coming down with trying to set up basically a world medical governance plan. Yeah. Uh, yes. Which is which is <clears throat> it's an abomination. Yeah. You know, it, Ted. It seems. Yeah. It it seems what I keep seeing these patterns of. 
of placeholder and testing America. So, mm -hmm. and I wrote about it last week. So, you know, we all, many of us who are sort of awake pre-COVID realized very soon that masks were the placeholder for, for vaccine framework, which was put in yeah. place in order to get some sort of digital ID system and, and tracking and surveillance yeah. in place. And North Dakota, and, North Dakota has right, a law and now we've that. got yeah, now we've got like violent extremism that is is now being put on that that framework of the um, of COVID, that whole surveillance tracking prevention framework of COVID. We've got this violent extremism, and then they're labeling pretty much people of of moderate conservative values as extremists. So you catch up most of America. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, even to the point of. I started thinking this afternoon, you know, we got that Chinese balloon that's hovering over the United States. Yes. And, yep. and, and first of all, okay, we've got it the most sophisticated. Down, well, I mean, Montana, the last time I checked, Montana was not on the ocean. Exactly. Montana is yeah. like a little bit inland, right? I mean, we've got <laughs> Idaho, California, excuse me, but we've got other states. So they saw it coming. There's no way because all they keep mentioning is they they found a balloon over Montana. Well, how did it get to Montana with nobody noticing actually, that it entered U.S. airspace? Bernadette, that that actually the, the balloon the balloon uh, bomb dropping concept came out of the Japanese in the 1940s. Uh, there was a there was a, a balloon that came all the way from Japan and landed in Dundee, Nebraska, a suburb of Omaha, Nebraska, in 1941, yep. and uh, and the incendiary started a fire. And so that that whole jet stream balloon thing that's already been done. We we've been there, done that. So this is a complete fraud and and crock that the CCP is. You know, we lost track of it. Okay, whatever. And and so again, why wasn't it shot down by our military? You know, right before but, it got over land, right? They could have shot. I mean, I thought we had the most sophisticated tracking system on the planet. And if we cannot take down a, a, a Chinese surveillance balloon that's moving very slowly compared to, say, a missile. How in the world are we going to protect ourselves from anything fast moving like, you know, a missile or a, a, a war airplane or something? They couldn't. It doesn't make any sense. And of course, everybody's talking about it and everybody's looking up at it. So it's it's both a distraction. It's a distraction, yeah. I think, because Pfizer's going down and they're going down hard because of so much that's coming out and, and entire nations like Thailand mm -hmm. saying that they're going to nullify their contract with Pfizer. Good for them. Um, yeah. Right. All Good this stuff them. is coming Absolutely. out. Um, so the, it's a distraction. The I, actors who are coming after this, this stuff, too. Important, yeah. very important nation state political voices. And, and in North Dakota, we have House Bill 1111 which is, is basically it's to shut down any intervention by the World Health Organization in anything of any matter relating to the state of North Dakota. We've yeah. got House Bill uh, 1406, which is uh, this really well-written bill by uh, pastor and farmer Jeff Holverson, who um, basically put it, put it in the language of the law that if, if the North Dakota Public Health Department is going to be a free advertiser for these vaccines and these global corporations, then they're going to have to pay for the harmed North Dakotans 
by these by these vaccines. And I and and, and I'm moving another bill forward with uh, Senator Magrum, where um, he's basically letting me write most of it. And um, the, the 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 concept is is to to employ the great trial attorneys of America who individually and in small practices can't take on the federal government. But as a state, this is the concept. If we can get one state in the union, and if this doesn't pass in North Dakota, I hope somebody picks up this idea somewhere else in, in their legislative sessions that are coming out in the next three months. But if we can, as a, at least one state in the union, have under the 10th Amendment, states' rights, determination of labeling of, of, of products coming into their state, and label these things appropriately for what they are. They are a gene therapy system that was originally designed for the oncology world, and they yep. are not vaccines. And and yes. so if we can get the state, if we can get the state of North Dakota or any other state and anybody else who's listening to us pick up on this idea, we get the trial attorneys of North Dakota to be able to sue Pfizer and Moderna for injuries caused by their product. The, the, the product liability issue is the reason why we're here. This yes. is the reason why we are here in this hell of, yes. of seeing their loved ones die, their immune systems tanked, and 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 under this largesse of, of these companies that have literally taken over America. We are living in fascism. This is yes. fascism from the corporate side of the aisle taking over governments, which in Nazi Germany, it was the government taking over the companies. It, either way you look at it, we're in, Same thing. We're, in a, we're in a fascist, we're in a fascist state. But I mean, yeah, literally, you, oh, we're with you a hundred percent there, <laughs> Ted. We we agree completely on that. I had a thought; it went completely out of my head. So I'm going to let you go on. <laughs> well, just to re and just to reiterate, you know, we we do have some good attorneys general in this in this country. You know, the Nebraska Attorney General Doug Peterson basically stood up in a 44-page opinion for, for the Hippocratic practice of medicine and the use of ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. And then the North Dakota legislature parlayed right off of that after people were coming after my license to practice medicine in North Dakota. And there was a special session in the state legislature to protect all licensees from medicine, pharmacy, nurse practitioner, anyone who is doing anything with ivermectin for COVID. Nobody can come after their licensure in the great state of North Dakota after this special session bill was passed. And then you look at now what's going on with Meryl Nass. I was watching the proceedings against Meryl Nass out in Maine, and her yeah. attorney brings all of these things up to, 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 to light to, to these yes. criminals who are basically trying to prosecute one of the one of America's leading physicians on the understanding of bioweapons. She literally exactly. was the first person in America to define a bioweapons program going on in in African Civil War. And, and then and then we've got, you know, we've got the great Francis Boyle, who uh, I've had him on a lot of these emails back and forth with Senator Magrum, uh, looking at, you know, we're putting language in this bill that, that cites the 1989 Biological Weapons Anti-Terrorism Act passed on May 22nd, 1990, as, as the guide for which the penalties for, for the harms caused by mRNA products in the human population is, is going the state of North Dakota, if this law passes with this language is going to look to the federal law for what, what's the range of penalties for, for this transgression against North Dakota citizens. Yeah. And then I've also put it in there and I've worked, I'm working 
the livestock crowd into this bill because... Oh, thank God. Good one. Use of mRNA gene therapy products, which are literally, they're going to change the genetics of all these cattle breeders, cattle, uh, that have spent generations developing these breeds. Yes. This, this, these, these mRNA gene products are going to start changing the genome of these, these very important breeds of cattle in America. And so yes. uh, as, a fo- as a foil to the death penalty that's basically listed in the, in the Biological mm-hmm. Weapons Anti-Terrorism Act, I put it in there that it's a misdemeanor mm-hmm. product in, in livestock and, and, and have come to cause harm. And I also carved out that if there are physicians in North Dakota who want to directly supervise an mRNA gene product injection for, i.e., cancer, they can still do that, but they have to directly do that themselves. Oh, and, so they're and liable. The same with the, and, the same, and the same with the veterinarians. If you're, if yeah. you're going to go out to a herd of cattle and use an mRNA gene product like for uh, resp- you know, bovine respiratory syncytial virus, which is coming out of Iowa State now, you have to be, you have to be the, the veterinarian physically there doing the injection so that you see in your patients you, we, we need to force these people to understand that they are causing harm and that they have a duty of diligence of follow-up to all these people. When I stick a needle in anybody and I have to give a formal informed consent that includes a risk of death, yes. and, and, and the cardiologists and all the interventional radiologists and all of the other needle drivers and catheter runners in this country have to do all of the appropriate steps in informed consent for us to be able to heal and help people with whatever issues they have. And yet all of these public health officers and pediatricians and, and now pharmacy techs, I mean, it's, it's coming to the point where you can, you're going to be able to go into a bar and get one of these mRNA products the way yeah. this is going. Yeah. And it's totally not in the scope of practice for any of these people to be doing this. And that, no, that is, that, that's the horrible part of, of how physicians who are in, on the, in the communist side of the world of medicine. And there, there is a hierarchy in medicine that goes from the neurosurgeons down to the cardiothoracic surgeons and the radiologists and the pathologists and, and, and general surgeons. The, the, the top specialties and specialists in this country, we're all, we're all chagrined at what is going on. And, and even our colleagues who are pediatricians, who, again, I've taught in medical school for 15 years, these guys are not the smartest kids in the class, and they're all lockstep into fascist, communist model of mm-hmm. the greater good. Exactly, and, and it's it, it, it's 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 literally on its face. You are relinquishing your duty to the Hippocratic Oath the second you treat somebody as as a calf in a herd of cattle, which is what has been going on with the A AAP and and the and the whole public health racket. For 40 years, and, uh, you know, there's, there's pediatricians who went through the 60s and 70s who are rolling in their graves at what has happened to their Correct. specialty. Correct. I mean, that is that is the absolute truth. It has been a slow march to the institutions of education and higher education and medical education to train people not to see individuals and to basically abhor individual rights and to start saying the common good which has been the greatest catalyst for mass casualties and mass atrocities in the history of the world. 
the greater good is always used by tyrants. Yeah. Yeah, and we, yeah. we've got to get these. We've got to get. We've got to get liability back into the equation. And uh, you know, Aaron Siri can't do it all. Bobby Kennedy no. Jr. can't do it all. There's all these great attorneys who are doing everything they can to protect us, and there's not enough of them. And and no. I can tell you from from the the from the plain states, and I'm the. My, my official name is Edward F. Fogarty III. My grandfather wrote the Omaha City Charter with city attorney for 30 years. My father has been an attorney in Nebraska for 50 years. These attorneys who see what is going on, and I've worked with so many actually in Iowa and Nebraska in the family law ranks who are trying to protect you know, children in, in divorced families from getting vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And you're right. It, this is literally destroying the social fabric fabric of America, and and and, yeah. and, and it's kind of it's kind of like wh- where what what happened what happened to the American ideals that we that we grew up with and that we learned about for so many decades, and 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 now it's it's somehow in, in the span of just one generation, we're we're li- literally living in in a in a fascist communist kind of uh, approach that is uh, you know basically yeah. pandering pandering to all of the oligarchs bill well gates, you know Doug Bergen, governor the governor of north dakota is a billionaire with bill bill gates and they're literally racketeering the entire state and then you know danny sanford in south dakota another banker racketeering operation and then, you know, Warren Buffett is Bill Gates' good buddy. And so there's all this money, all of these resources that have been, have been pooled together through these billionaires who are literally genocidal maniacs that smile at you and say, oh, look, I, you know, I don't have to pay that many taxes and I'm doing this for the greater good. And no, you're not. You guys, you guys are going to hell. You're going to hell. I think that's a good place to end this, Dr. Fogarty. <laughs> I should have reminded you we're You're on right. AM I, radio, I, sir. <laughs> but I think that word's okay. I don't think here. Yeah, I don't think Nathan had to. But I love your passion and I love your knowledge. I mean, you are one of the smartest people that I know. You're you're a philosopher, a scientist, and and got a heart of gold, sir. And so we so appreciate you you calling in. You know, one of the things that you highlight, well, a couple of things. Um, human beings do not behave well in the absence of responsibility, period. At all levels of society, we have got to bring back personal responsibility for your actions, for your policies, for what you're overseeing and what you're doing. Um, you know, there the the whole COVID government response to COVID erased responsibility from everybody. Yes. Everybody. And that's not a good place for human beings to be. We know this. I mean, you ask these same people who, who shield everybody from, from outcomes of their policies and behaviors. You ask them, you know, what if you raised your kid this way? I mean, it would be chaos. You cannot, you can't raise children this way. How, how do you expect to run a country this way or, or anything? Um, but, the, but the other thing, well, complacency. Um, we got into this mess because so many of us, and I'm to blame up until a few years ago when I finally got actively involved, 
the, you know, we are all focused on our little corner of the world on, you know, and of course we have to focus on family. Family's important, but so much of the time it's family, fun, too tired to pay attention to more. No, you can't fight city hall. All, all of that. We've learned you cannot go there. Right. If you're complacent and you're not involved, then other people who have other goals are going to take over. And I, I, you know, we're, we're pushing up against the edge of something really bad. Totalitarianism, um, the administrative state, whatever you want to call it. But I feel like it's snowballing now, right? And, and yeah. more and more people are rising up and speaking and seeing and getting involved when one person stands up 50 more grow a backbone and they can do it um and and we're going to emerge from this not just as a nation but i believe as a planet because this is happening in every nation Mm -hmm. who really understands what it means um to be free and how important human rights are and how easy we can be duped into thinking that giving away this little bit of freedom or that little bit of freedom is a good thing. So I do believe right. we're going to merge stronger than ever from this, but we got a ways to go, you know. Um, well, you two have not- done incredible, incredible communications work. And um, Javier, your writings are so impeccable and so incredible. And I have You're too always sent, I've, I've gone to the informed choice site and, and repeatedly I do it search on Javier and I pull up what you wrote to the regents for the University of Washington. And, um, it's, it's your, your words have saved so many lives and, and have changed so many hearts and minds and, and you too, Bernadette, it's, it's incredible what you guys have done, uh, in a holy mission, really a holy mission to, to save lives and to change, change hearts and to, and to lovingly, really lovingly, you, you two have a, a very, very wonderful way of of presenting things for people to understand and come across. You know, we're we're in this period where where and I'm seeing this out in my Okaboji Iowa clinic with Dr. Meyer. We're we're taking care of a lot of people who actually were they were they were going after Brad Meyer in Okaboji for standing up against face masks and 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 pushing back against this vaccine program while he was still employed by Avera of, of South Dakota. And uh, some of those folks who were going after him in the community are now getting taken care of by us because they have babes. They have vaccine-associated immunodeficiency syndrome. And, wow. and the hyperbaric, hyperbaric therapy is bar none. It is absolutely the yeah. most efficient way of reconditioning your mitochondria, which are getting slammed by the spike protein and some of the other fraudulent concoction parts yeah. of this, this deal. And, uh, Absolutely. and so, you know, re, yeah. and, and, and using biogenesis concepts from out of mild hyperbaric air therapy, even, uh, I can tell you, uh, we've seen, we've seen people recover from neurological, you know, uh, insults from the vaccine, uh, oh, yeah. from multiple states, you know, we've, oh, we've yeah. got people coming from all over the country, uh, to, to work on their vaccine injury. And so. Uh, that's that's fantastic, know. Dr. Fogarty. I, you know, we, we so appreciate it. We're just about out of time this hour. Um, but when, you know, when we come back, 
uh, Javier has written a Substack post about um, some of the modalities you're talking about here. And I really want people to know about that and know their options. Awesome. And I want to yes. say, I want to say, Ted, bless you for ha- opening your heart and having the grace to help heal the very people who were working so hard to take you down. That is how we move forward with love and grace in our hearts. I want justice. I want people imprisoned who, who controlled from the top and, and we're pushing yeah. all this. I want that. But, you know, this is such a massive scale of what's happened. We're going to have to move forward with a lot of love and grace yes. and, yeah. and, and healing. And so thank you. I mean, you're, you're literally healing people. That, yes. Well, <laughs> Ted. Javier, Javier if, I could, if I could send you some papers on hydrogen gas inhalation. Uh, I love can it. Be done in the, in the home. Um, it, it, it's something that's come across my radar screen with oncology work. And it was in uh, Medical Gas Research, the journal yeah. that Paul Hartz and I publish in all the time. And right. uh, it was, it, it, it's, it's literally, it's something that we can all bring the, the power of the electrons and the protons that, at the thank you. level. And, and hey, Ted, we'll have you on again and we'll talk for a whole hour just about that. It sounds great. So you've been listening to an Informed Life Radio on 1150 AM KK and WNCHD TV. We're going to take a break and then we'll be back. If you're looking for a publication that delivers honest takes and critical insights into the issues of our day, then look no further than The Flame Paper. The Flame Paper is written for the people, by the people, who aren't afraid to challenge a mainstream narrative, be it health care, voter fraud, political correctness, or even the one-world government. The Flame is full of timely articles, reports, and expert advice written by freedom-loving, truth-telling experts, journalists, and concerned citizens. To subscribe, go to theflameusa.com. During this unprecedented response to an infection outbreak, it has been made very clear that shutting down lives and businesses is not sustainable or repeatable. We've also learned that it's unnecessary. Treatments exist and always exist. For 99% of the population, nutrients and oxidative therapies that support the immune system and improve symptoms are always available to address viral infections. For the less than 1% who need more, Inexpensive, unpatentable drugs can be added to the nutrient therapies to improve outcomes. It's time each and every one of us empower ourselves with this knowledge. We need not ever bring our lives to a halt again. We can both save lives and retain the liberty that nourishes us body and soul. Learn more at HealthyImmunityNow.org. That's HealthyImmunityNow.org. Informed Choice Washington is a nonprofit organization that advocates for healthy immunity, medical freedom, and fully informed medical consent. The right to make medical choices without coercion is fundamental to our civil liberties and a basic principle in all human rights declarations. To learn more, tune in each Friday from 3 to 5 p.m. to an Informed Life Radio and visit the website informedchoicewa.org. It's time to take a stand for medical freedom. Go to Informed Choice Wa. Org today. We need a revolution. There's only one solution. I need somebody to show me. Somebody to show me the love. We need a revolution. 
Here we are. Welcome back to an informed life radio on 1150 AM KKNW and CHD TV. Hello, Javier. Good to see you Hello, again. Hello, Bernadette. Good to see you too. That first hour was very fun. I'm going to uh, repeat again that the views expressed on an informed life radio are not necessarily those of Children's Health Defense or KKNW. We may get a little political in this show, which is okay. <laughs> that is what makes America, this great republic, a great Republic. Um, our wonderful engineer has has uh, given us here in the chat, Javier, some questions being asked through CHDTV. So I, I'd like to address those now. So Crystal is asking, what is the best book to give a teenager to help them understand that vaccines are harmful? Um, and what I would like to direct people to, I'm going to pull up the book Turtles All the Way Down is um, a fabulous book. So I'm going to go to, hold on here. Um, have you read Turtles All the Way Down yet, Javier? It's on It's on my to-read list. Okay. Um, you know, and I've, I've looked through it. It's like all information that I know, and I keep going back to and skimming through it here and there, but I need to read it all the way through uh, myself, but been very busy. But I, I mean, I know what's in it, but you know what? It's like one of those things when it's something that you know, and you're like, I need to really just read it to see how it's presented. But I'm going to share um, for uh, Crystal right now, I want to share with you informedchoicewa.org. That's the organization that I'm president of and that is um, sponsors, mostly is the sponsor of an, um, an Informed Life Radio. If you go to the education tab there, um, you're going to see information. So what we really try to to do is give you enough information that you can make a fully informed decision for yourself and, and for your loved ones. And of course, for a teen, it's really important to begin to understand um, vaccination isn't just a concept. It's actual um, pharmaceutical products that somebody makes, comes with risks, benefits, limitations, unintended consequences, just like any other drug product. And and also the disease that it's targeting, you need to fully understand that. So, and just we, just before you continue on there, just wanted to make sure that everyone understands turtles all the way down vaccine science and myth. Because if you type turtles all the way down, Google and Amazon highlight a young adults book called Turtles All the Way Down. Yeah, there, there's like it's. Um, what was I? Uh, Titles are not yeah. titles are not copyrighted, and yeah. uh, I guess it didn't jump over to where I jumped to. It's still on this page. Are not copyrighted, and and so there's a and it turtles all the way down is a like a, a famous myth that goes back a very long time, and the concept of what it's trying to say. A lot of people have used it for titles. So yes, make sure yes. you get the one that's vaccine science and myth, and what it does is it goes through systematically. Um, most of the pediatric vaccines on the market today, the, the types of them, and explains the clinical trials that they went through in order to be licensed. And then, you know, and then ex talks about clinical trials themselves, how they're designed and how some are designed to tell you, you know, to be a little misleading, you know, <laughs> um, 
but it, it's a it's a great first place to really understand vaccines as products and some of the politics of it. So, but this whole page here, uh, we have it designed to kind of give you the full breadth of information because the worst thing you can do is to make a decision out of fear, out of either fear of a vaccine product or out of fear of the disease that that vaccine was developed to target. So you want to make a decision about use of a product based on the full information. So we have on this page um, some, um, uh, we start off with, well, some COVID flu and RSV prevention and treatment resources from the FLCCC. You can click to go there because those are in the news right now, Javier. And so I think it's good to go there. Um, and then general acquired, which is natural immunity resources. So if you want to explore what it's like to be without these vaccine products, there's a book called Vaccine-Free Parenting, The Unvaccinated Child, The Treatment Guide for Parents and Caregivers. Then Dr. Suzanne Humphreys, um, we give a link to her vitamin C treatment of whooping cough, pertussis, that's the Tdap or DTAP vaccine. Um, How to Raise a Healthy Child in Spite of Your Doctor, uh, one of America's leading pediatricians put parents back in control of their children's health. This book is like 30 years old and it's still fabulous. Um, Unvaccinated, Why Growing Numbers of Parents Are Choosing Natural Immunity for Their Children. Uh, Dr. David Brownstein has a collection of holistic healing books you can check out that educate you on bacterial infections, viral infections, and, and more so that you understand how your immune system uh, fights infection and what you can do to properly support your immune system uh, to, to safely get through various um, transient infections like cold, flu, and things targeted by vaccinations. Also, uh, highly recommend joining a group called BBCH, which is uh, Dr. Tatiana Opukahanich uh, with a PhD in immunology. She has regular meetings when you join that are just fabulous. She stays up to date on the latest um, science that's in the news, topics in the news about health, and brings you her insights into the science on this topic. And then you get to talk with her and ask questions um, she'll do readings, like you p- pick a particular book and then every week go through a chapter of it with you in, when you join the group. So I then there's a link to it on this page. And then we get down to some general vaccination resources that are admittedly from the skeptical point of view. Um, you know, you, you could go to the CDC for the pro side or you can go to Informed Choice Washington to find out the other information or as my button says... Oh, I'll show, hold it up in a minute when I'm back on screen, the missing information. So um, we link here, Turtles All the Way Down, Vaccine Science and Myth. It's a fabulous book. We've got the link. Um, go to Aluminum Adjuvants and Vaccines. That goes to a page on our website that gives you dozens and dozens of published peer-reviewed studies that talk about the impact on your health of aluminum adjuvants. Uh, Profiles of the Vaccine Injured, A Lifetime Price to Pay, that links to a book. Uh, Then there's Vax Unvax, Let the Science Speak, The War on Informed Consent. You can see there's just some really, really good resources to go explore all the other information that you need to know. And of course, just going to the vaccine product inserts is important. Um, the, The product inserts contain 
highlights of the clinical trials that were used to establish licensing. By federal law, they are required to put in anything that was reported to them that could plausibly be related to exposure to the vaccine product. They don't have to put down that you were killed in a you know, skydiving accident right after the vaccine. Um, although maybe if you did something stupid because you passed out anyway, that we won't go there. But anyway, um, there has to be a biological plausible reason um, that this shot may have led to this. But what's important to know about vaccine inserts, uh, Javier, is while FDA labeling regulations for these products requires them to list adverse events reported. There's no law that says that the vaccine company is required to go investigate and find out if there truly is a causal relationship. And that leaves the consuming public in this massive gray area. They're told you it could be, but they don't have to find out if it really is. And then you're left with with doctors trying to twist your arm to say, you got to get it. It's just blah, blah, blah in the insert, which isn't true. Um, and I guess the original question is how do you get the teenager to understand that vaccines are harmful? And the reality is uh, first and foremost, you are the parent. You have to fight for your right to uh, ensure that your child is under your custody and protection from receiving any unwarranted medical intervention. Yeah. For a teenager, and, a, and if you're talking about an 18-year-old who's now legally an adult in most states, or I think all over the country, um, the only thing you can tell them is you're an adult, you have to suffer the consequences of your decisions. And here's the thing, you also have the responsibility to look things up. And it's a tough, it's a tough lesson to learn for a teenager, yeah. especially when they're no longer under your legal guardianship anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's just a lesson that has to be taught. Hey, guess what? <laughs> you have every right to take that vaccine, but you also yeah. have a responsibility for the consequences of it. And no one out there is going to take care of you. Uh, not not the pharmaceutical company, not the state. It's going to be up to us, your family, to take care of you. Yeah, and, exactly. And that's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, excellent advice. And you know, when you got older teens, it it you really, this is the like Bernadette's a little bit of parenting advice. I, I learned the hard way. The more you push, the more they retreat or the more they resist. And they get to a certain age where you offer them information and tell them that you trust them to make a good decision. Please just like read both sides of something. So You know, rather than saying, and I know we're scared and you want to tell people, tell kids that uh, shots are harmful, but really we have to, um, we have to, with everybody, allow medical freedom of choice, but that choice has to be based on fully informed information. That's why I just went through that list. Understand infection, understand the benefits sometimes of getting that naturally acquired long-lasting immunity. Uh, Measles, mumps, chicken pox, they have found that experiencing those in childhood confers protection against certain cancers in adulthood. Um, uh, The immunity lasts longer from natural immunity than from the vaccine, you know, and so, and obviously I 
from my perspective, from the research I have done, I believe we know enough about how to properly support the immune system that I feel that the benefits of naturally acquired immunity properly supported with proper treatments available um, are preferable to the current shots on the market. That's where I got to with my studies. So with your teen, if you can get them to sort of understand both so they're they are not making that decision out of fear peer pressure or anything else so um yeah it's and that peer pressure is is really the biggest um thing and if they understand nobody's responsible you're right that all almost all the vaccines on the market today are under some sort of um, liability shield protecting them and it's very expensive and very difficult to prove that a shot hurt you um you know, one of the reasons, Javier, that they so, I say they, the, the you know, whoever they are, <laughs> the government, the pharmaceutical industry, those people want everybody to get the COVID shots is because when everybody in a population is exposed to something, it's very difficult to prove that something is the cause of the outcome. If everybody smoked, it would be very difficult to prove that smoking causes cancer because you have no control group. You have no exactly. basis of comparison and they really want to eliminate um, the control group. Um, so uh, I hope that crystal, I hope that's helpful um, to have some patience and then, you know, try whatever your team decision is, try to keep the most important thing is, is the loving relationship between the two of you. They're going to make mistakes. My son's going to make mistakes. Your kids hobby are going to make decisions that we don't agree with. But yep. keep that that path of communication open, grace in your heart. And and we'll get on here in a little bit in the hour to things like Javier's writing about is vaccine injury recovery, right? Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Um, so important. Um, oh, nothing more. Let's, mm-hmm. let's read out the numbers one more time. Oh, go for it. 425-373-5527 for everyone in Washington State. Again, 425-373-5527. And then uh, for a toll-free number, it's 888-298-5569, 888-298-5569. All righty. And then I see we have another question coming to us from CHDTV um, from Jill in Pennsylvania. It says, it is hard for doctors to not work. Is it hard for doctors to not work in a system but to work independently today? Um so I, I think that there's typically, Javier, it's my understanding, it's much easier to find work in a system. And for a couple of reasons, it's very not lucrative, although it can be. I think it's protective because when you join a system, they're paying for the malpractice insurance. They're paying for the rent and the overhead and all of that other stuff, which can be a nightmare for the independent physician to try to have to handle. To run a business is a pain. And a a business in the medical field has all these other things. I mean, the, the insurance alone is, you know, probably enough to really deter a lot of doctors from going independently. But we've seen, you know, I believe what Jill is sort of talking about is the dangers of working in a system. You have to do what they're, what they tell you to do. Um, But there has been 
emerging over the past couple of years, and especially this, I mean, I'm seeing in 2023 an, an even bigger growth of all these alternative paradigms to the existing medical system. We've got Dr. Peter McCullough's The Wellness Company. Is that what it's called? The Wellness Company? Correct. Yep. Um, and forgive my memory. Dang it. There, I need some HBOT. I need to get in there and get some brain cells going. But I've interviewed a couple of people. And Julie Wentz, if you're listening, Julie, what's the name of your company? Medical Freedom. I forget how it, that <laughs> website. I need to have like the list here. And I know that somebody, I believe it was, um, is it Kimberly Overton at Nurse Freedom Network? I think she may be putting together um, a list of all these wonderful alternative healing um, organizations and medical paradigms, alternative ways to, to not, it's not insurance, but it's like a health share. There, there, there were quite a few before COVID, but more coming on board and more people joining these health shares. So you, you're not beholden to only go where the insurance company says to go and to doctors who will not listen to you or respect you. Um, I hope that answers her question. Do you have any words of wisdom on that? network or system versus independent? So one one major problem that we have is that uh, currently the paradigm for the in the United States is private insurers and their networks and uh, job-based insurance uh, policies uh, for, mm. for workers. The, the major problem is that it's not that doctors can't do independent work or create their own clinics or, or groups. It's basically the insurance companies, what they will cover and pay. And mm -hmm. that is that is a limitation for a lot of people that are working because you can it's it's expensive it's expensive out there to to seek a treatment. Um, but again, if you can find a clinic that is actually preventative, uh, health savings accounts are becoming more and more common, more more popular. You can actually use money that you put in um, to basically pay for for con treatments and conditions. Uh, those are the ways to do it, but it's really an inverted uh, health insurance system that we have that limits the ability of doctors. They say that, you know, insurance grout is a way to limit the growth of cost. The reality is it's not the individual doctor that's costing more and more. It's the technologies, the drugs, the, um, the, the growing cost of just maintaining the infrastructure of uh, hospitals. That's really mm -hmm. driving the increase in costs. So, Yes. independent clinics that uh, that provide real health care that is mm -hmm. maintenance of health those are the ones you should really start going after it's 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 work but again you're worth it absolutely Ab and and the more people go in that direction the better overall health will be as we stop feeding the monster that is the failed medical system today it's a sick care system right um and i heard i heard a, a doctor who's here in Tennessee speaking, and I don't remember the exact numbers, but I believe he said it's only like 10% um, of a total cost of like, if you go to the hospital, 10% actually went to go pay the physicians who treated you um, and the drugs. And like the rest is like overhead. And and I mean, the, the bills are staggering, but when you look at what they are, I remember um, my my son um, cracked his shoulder blade a couple of years ago and we went to the ER and they put his arm in this sling, this little cheap cloth sling. And when we got the bill from the insurance company and it itemized it, it was charging like $150. 
I looked it up on Amazon, this product, the exact same brand name, the exact same product was like $9.99. So even though my insurance company was paying for the whole thing, it was a principle of the thing. And I just refused. It's like, I'm, I just, no, we're not going to pay this. So I raised a big stink. And, and when I got a hold of the, the outfit that was billing the insurance company, they said, well, we have to pay for the processing. I said, are you telling me that in, let's say it takes 10, 15 minutes or so for somebody to process a sling? It's probably not that much. It's probably two or three minutes, but let's give them 15 minutes. Are you saying that that you pay people $100 every 15 minutes to process? I don't think so. You know, I mean, it's just, it's such a racket. And what I realized years ago, Javier, is because I thought, why, why doesn't insurance, why aren't they with us? Because they pay out when people are unhealthy and need, you know, they would make so much more money if they didn't have to pay out so much. But I realized big insurance only really exists so that the three-legged, the, the two-legged stool of big pharma and big medicine can exist because they have to be propped up. Your average person isn't going to pay $10,000 for one night at a hospital right? They're, they're not going to pay for these medicines. They're not going to pay for these services. And remember in the first hour, we were talking about humans don't do well in the absence of responsibility. You know, that really even goes down to if you're responsible for paying for the medical care you're getting, you're going to care a lot more about the quality and the cost. And right now, if your insurance covers it, you might say, oh, that's a ridiculous cost, but you don't care. Your insurance company paid for it. And that's how they get away with it, right? Just they prop exactly. each other up. It just absolutely prop each other up. And um, just, I, yeah. Um, oh, I see we have another comment here from Sorel uh, saying, most of the doctors I hear of who are offering client-based services are cash only. Are you hearing that as well, that so far the, the beginning ones are cash only? Correct. And it's just a way to uh, minimize the overhead of having to manage, um, you know, uh, basically uh, credit card payments, uh, which can charge uh, uh, what I consider exorbitant amounts of money uh, for, for processing uh, a payment. And cash is also, um, it, you know, it's anonymous. That way you don't know who paid and for what. And it's a way to maintain public, uh, you know, protect your uh, health information to mm -hmm. a higher degree. Because a lot of doctors, you know, basically keeping uh, medical records, you know, they're now becoming more and more transparent to insurance companies and hospital groups. So in reality, you know, the protected health information is a joke. Yeah. Now, we've, we've had so many hacks and attacks uh, that, uh, you know, every single uh, electronic record out there is accessible to any agency, federal or state, with uh, enough access or, or, or capability to, to hack into a system. And they're all hackable. Yeah, everything everything is hackable. And I, you're making me think of a C, oh, I'm not doing it right, CBDC. Um, yeah, central bank digital currencies. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Tomorrow. And cash, cash. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say tomorrow here in East Tennessee, we've got a couple of legislators coming to talk about CBDC. Um, 
And the fact that if we get rid of cash, the huge problem is, is they can shut you down. And one of the examples mm -hmm. is the big trucker convoy a year ago where they were shutting down the bank accounts and the credit cards of not only the truckers, but anybody who was supporting the truckers. Exactly. And, and if we move to central bank digital currency, that's where the government there, it, it no longer is you and then your bank card, which goes to like a specific bank. And right. This would just be the government directly. And if they decide mm -hmm. they don't like that, you're an anti-vaxxer or an anti-masker or that, you know, what are you going to school board meetings um, and or that you have been talking about ivermectin. All they have to do is, is just push a button and your access to your money which isn't real mm -hmm. money. It's a, it's a digital, it's a digital ledger control system and yeah. that can be just wiped out and controlled at a moment's notice. But I also want to say to Sorrel, I have, I have a lot of concerns um, that, and things that we really need to look into because these very first systems that are set up um, definitely being cash only is good. But of course that leaves off the poorest people who might not have the only way they can maybe afford, let's say, although I've seen very reasonable fees, but still for somebody on a very limited budget, you know, working two jobs just to get by to pay the rent, they don't have a, even the hundred dollars to walk in the door and pay cash for this. That's, that's a huge amount of money for them if you only make a minimum wage. And so we, you know, I think as a society, not as a government, but just as people in our communities, I would love to have those conversations in the community. What can we do to help people who can't afford these new wonderful paradigms, health paradigms? How can we help them when they're not currently in a situation to be able to go to this better style? Um, you know, because everybody deserves honest, good, ethical uh, medicine. Exactly. Um, so I'm not sure what the answer is there. Um, it might be through some of these health share sim uh, systems that I think some of them are income based and you might just pay a little bit. And right now it's probably a reimbursement system. You have to come up with the money initially, but they'll reimburse you. That's how mm -hmm. a lot of those health share works. Um, I would love to hear if anybody has any ideas for the solution of helping um helping uh, the poor and working class afford these new uh, health paradigms. I'd love to hear that. We have to start creating our own solutions in our own communities. And the more local, the better. Yes. The mm -hmm. more local, Absolutely. the better. Stop relying on government to do everything. That's where we get into trouble. Um, and when you know your neighbors and you're responsible for each other and you care about each other, you know, I mean, I've rediscovered that. I don't know about you. Since, since you moved and you joined a new community of a lot of people probably who fled Washington like we did, do you oh, yeah. find yourself more involved in the community than you've ever been in your life? Yes. And uh, just in the with the neighbors, uh, paying more close attention to what's going on in the legislate, legislature um, and also being more involved with the with the schools. Uh, mm -hmm. That's part as well. Um, becoming involved and becoming active really has changed how we, uh, you know, my wife and I interact with, with the community. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's been, it's been a fantastic change and it's only going to grow uh, as, as more and more 
comes out with what's been going on, there's going to be more and more involvement and word of mouth is going to grow. And that's really the power that we have. All of these um, social media systems, all the telecommunication technologies that we have that amplify voices, mm-hmm. we're really going to have to start going back down to talking one-on-one with each other and sharing information. Um, yes. That is the power of community. That is the power of community. I love that. You know, local health, local food, you know, all of that. I'm going to stop sharing and get back because I want I, I want to go to, you see me fiddling around here, people on the radio going, <laughs> what is she doing? Um, I used to be able to pat my tummy and rub my head. Do you know that famous thing? As <laughs> yes. I get older, I, I'm less, you know, the, the synapses don't fire as quickly. Again, I need more H, but, you know. And and what was Ted Fogarty saying in the first hour? He said he's going to send you information on a home system for oxygen. I might need to borrow some of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hyd- the use of hydrogen gas. Um, but that's, again, the, the work that's being done on medical gas research is really uh, underrated. Uh, mm. A lot of the things that we can do now with different gas mixtures to help heal the body and the brain uh, mm-hmm. are just amazing. Just amazing. Cool. Very cool. Well, I think I'm sharing, but it's not showing up, but it it will eventually. So we promised people in the last hour, so I don't want to forget it. You wrote this great post on your Substack, Tools for Recovery Against the Gene Therapy, Hyperbarics and Nutritional Retooling. Um, I encourage people to go read this. I'm not sure if we'll go down the rabbit hole of how this is actually a Department (laughs) of Defense bioweapon. But I mean, seriously, I'm not, this is a conspiracy. He's actually got the document that has come out showing, but I want, I want to jump ahead to stopping the damage because um, that's what a lot of listeners want to, to know about and to pass on to their loved ones. So um, how can you recover or reduce damage? So go over these great uh, discoveries and the science behind them. Sure. So one of the uh, recently, and it, it was uh, uh, posted in, on many substacks and different websites, uh, bromelain is a, a, a pineapple derivative. And what they discovered is that bromelain along with, it's a supplement, and it's generally recognized as safe. Um, and it's great because it has a high affinity for the S protein, or the spike protein in SARS-CoV-2. So uh, you can take that and it'll bind up uh, the S protein, very similar to how ivermectin also binds up the spike protein. That's one of the great uh, one of the great things about ivermectin is that it also likes to adhere or capture the S protein. And then you and have you, go ahead. I was just gonna say there's a great supplement out there that I bought only because what was available at the time, and it's bromelain plus quercetin. So That's you're getting it. the best of both worlds. Yeah. Yep. That's it. And then you've got uh, N-acetylcysteine, uh, NAC, uh, which, again, uh, purple powder has lots of it. Uh, you can buy N-acetylcysteine uh, over the counter, but it's becoming more and more difficult to find. The FDA is trying to classify it not as a supplement, but as a drug. Mm-hmm. Good luck with that. Uh, and it, the, the great thing about uh, NAC is when you couple it with bromelain or ivermectin, it actually boosts the ability to bind up the spike protein. And NAC is a fantastic general anti-inflammatory and immune booster as well. So you get two for one. 
Yay. And he links to the purple powder, which we've talked about. Ted Fogarty's wonderful um, concoction there came up with naturopaths. It, it's it got the building blocks of glutathione, spirulina, beet powder, lemon powder. Fabulous uh, thing you should all have on hand. Javier, can you, um, I know for this formula, um, when you make it yourself, the formula we have on our website, if you don't buy the actual uh, purple powder product, you can use NAC and acetylcysteine, mm -hmm. but you can also just use the cysteine. So can Correct. you talk about the different forms of cysteine and what are they all at some stage can be that building block, right? So if you can't Correct. get the NAC, the other forms work as well. Correct. So N-acetylcysteine just, it's, uh, you can, uh, it'll, it'll go into your system faster and easier and live and has a longer half-life. Cysteine by itself can also uh, be taken in just at a lower efficiency. It does okay. pretty much the same thing. Uh, so it's just depending on, you know, the, it's a dietary supplement you take orally and an acetylcysteine will survive and pass through the gut aligning uh, much better than just pure cysteine by itself. But again, uh, cysteine is cysteine. It's a matter of dosage, uh, how much you take. And if you can get it any way you can, great. Cursetin, again, another great uh, relative of hydroxychloroquine. Uh, and it's, uh, uh, you know, hydroxychloroquine has been shown to also be very effective as a general antiviral. Um, but ivermectin, uh, along with uh, cursetin as a, as a supplement, uh, you know, has this fantastic prophylactic as well as uh, during the act actual viral replication and able to stop it. You add that to NAC and it's uh, it's not a one-two punch, it's a one-two-three knockout. Oh, that uh, is, I use. love that. Yeah, yeah, and bromelain is in pineapples. So if you are a juicer and you can get a hold of some good, I would only go organic if you're going to be juicing. Yeah. And it's, it's in the skin, isn't it? I used to juice pineapples and I believe you... Oh. you you can do the whole skin to um, get it in. Are there other uh, fruits or vegetables that have bromelain that you know of? I've only heard of is papaya or um, good question. Yeah. I'm and not then, sure. I'm sure there is. And then quercetin is in the skin of some things. I believe there's a lot of quercetin in like an onion skin. Although onion skin? I'm, I'm just curious how we're going to make this. I mean, if, if things get really bad before they get really good, <laughs> How do I make me some homemade quercetin? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the, the internet is great for that. I'm sure there's there's actual uh, excellent uh, recipes for doing that at home as well. And uh, one of the things that needs to be addressed is that a lot of people that experience injury from either the uh, SARS-CoV-2 or from the uh, the bioweapons, as I like to call them, the uh, COVID-19 bioweapons or what is colloquially known as the uh, gene therapy vaccines, um, once you have that in your system, uh, the the spike protein will express for, you know, at a minimum, it'll still express for two weeks. And some people are still expressing it even six months after taking mm. the injection. Yeah. So it's something that, you know, does produce clots, does produce um, uh, damage to the, uh, uh, to, uh, uh, to other organ systems. Uh, so you really want to try and bind it up as quickly as possible. Yes. But if you suffer damage, especially organ damage, neural damage, uh, the one thing I can say is that hyperbarics is just an amazing treatment as a general tool for recovery. 
So mm-hmm. as, along with the supplements, along with hyperbarics, you can make amazing recoveries. You can actually uh, save organs that, you know, most doctors would say it's beyond saving. You can actually recover some, some organ function uh, with hyperbarics, especially if you can get it early enough. With uh, neurological indications such as stroke or um, uh, just, uh, you know, brain injury, uh, hyperbarics is an amazingly powerful uh, tool for uh, rescuing and recovering and even growing back neural tissue. And that's been shown. Yeah. And it's been, it's been a while since we had a show dedicated to hyperbaric. Can you give listeners new to it? um, Just sort of an overview of how hyperbaric works and how it helps heal. Sure thing. So hyperbarics is generally breathing. um, Most of the time it's pure oxygen or, uh, uh, room air, but mostly pure oxygen, especially in uh, hyperbaric chambers. So you're inside a pressure vessel. Vessel. It's basically it, imagine being inside a submarine. You build up the pressure, so you're built, so you're breathing oxygen at a higher than normal atmospheric pressure. So if we're at sea level, which is one atmosphere, um, if you go up to the mountains, you're actually at, depending on the height, anywhere from 0.9 to 0.7 atmospheres of pressure. So if you go into a pressure vessel, they can crank it up to one and a half atmospheres, two atmospheres, three atmospheres. You're breathing oxygen or whatever gas is in there at a higher pressure. And what's interesting is that the body, you you absorb more of it. And the pressure plus the gas, either oxygen or uh, pure oxygen or or, uh, uh, room air, will activate the body to start repairing itself. It'll actually cause the mitochondria to start dividing faster, to grow more, to become more efficient. It'll actually activate genes to induce repair. It'll actually stop inflammation. There's mm-hmm. so many different pathways for it. Uh, and it'll actually, if you, for example, suffer an, an injury, a crush injury that causes swelling, edema, people, you know, that's normal to put a person inside a hyperbaric chamber to reduce the swelling. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it has so many applications that are so underused that, you know, you can you can help heal, uh, you know, uh, people with diabetes that have diffu- uh, diabetic foot ulcers. You can save uh, limbs with hyperbarics. And the, the greatest um, effect that we've seen so far that is largely ignored and uh, ridiculed is that I've seen people recover from strokes. Mm-hmm. You know, even years after the stroke with hyperbarics, I've seen people with brain injuries almost recover completely years yeah. after the injury. So in terms of long COVID, which is, which is produced by the infection of, of, of SARS-CoV-2, and also what, what's interesting is VADES also has many of the same symptoms and injuries as, uh, as the, uh, the, 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 quote, the vaccines. Yeah, and when you say VADES, that is the vaccine autoimmune wait, disease. Yeah. Okay. Uh, vaccine acquired, acquired immune deficiency. Yeah. Uh, that, thank you. Vaccine acquired yeah. immune deficiency. Deficiency. Um, yeah. That we are, you know, seeing so much of. And I would add one more thing um, to that list, and that would be intermittent fasting. Um. You know, we're finding we've talked about that a lot, and I'm going to continue to talk about it. It's part of my regular lifestyle. I don't do it all the time, but I do it 
probably more days out of the week than I don't. I go um, at 14 to 16 or more hours between meals. And in that time, your body goes into repair mode. It's mm -hmm. just fabulous. It will clear fragments of the spike protein. It helps build new cells. Um, modern lifestyles, we we eat too frequently. That's not how sort of we evolved to be. We, we used to have great periods of time with no eating and our bodies repair, repair, repair. Um, exactly. And we just, we miss out on that so much. And the science behind intermittent fasting. And then sometimes if, depending on your health situation and whether you can do it, longer periods of fasting, if you really want to go deep, but you know, you really want to do this, um, in a studied way, you know, exactly. to make sure that you can, um, you know, how long you can go. I, you know, make sure you see a professional. We don't give legal or medical advice on this show. We're just, we're just uh, here talking away. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> exactly. a real doctor or an attorney or what else do I pretend to be? I, I just pretend to be one on, there you on go. the radio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just your, your neighborhood know-it-all who likes to talk. So. <laughs> uh, take everything I say with a grain of salt and then go look it up. Um, but I, I want to point out some a really good point that right here, some, um, I don't know how to pronounce this, and I, I apologize if I get it wrong. Tahia from Dallas um, wrote in to say that the answer, and I think the question was, how do we help people in, in lower and um, working class income? How do we help make sure they get the medical care they need. And she says, I think it's a she, the answer is to teach healthy eating and early diagnosis. And yep. amen to that. You know, and it reminds me, I had a conversation here in my my wonderful little hometown with a gal who owns this a shop called, um, called Be Well, Be Well Nutrition. I might have another thing on the end of it. Where's her card? Um, we were talking about just this fact. What, what can we do? Because a lot of people they're trapped by not having enough money to afford. I mean, an orange now is $1.50. One orange, right? Yeah. It's so much cheaper to buy food that's bad for you. You can get volumes of bad food or you can buy just a little. And it's um, it's very challenging. And of course, most of the um, doctors who are going to be like functional medicine doctors or naturopaths, you know, it's hard to find one that you, either your insurance takes, or if you don't have insurance, mm -hmm. it's out of pocket. And really we talked about just this, like how can we in our little town here do some educational events that are specifically for the working class that teaches them healthy eating and intermittent fasting. That's what I was stressing. It's like anybody can afford not to eat. Right. Anybody can afford to push out that window of not eating time. And if you are empowered to understand how healing that is, by gum, you've got the willpower to do it. And if we could have most of America understanding the basics of maintaining health, and it's mm -hmm. cheaper to do the intermittent fasting, and it's cheaper to buy less of the healthy food than more of the unhealthy food. Wow, that could go a long way. And then the powers that be one that want to control us from control us through one epidemic after another, they wouldn't exactly. be able to get to us because we'd understand, okay, I can get free nutrition. How I can lay in the sun for a little bit, 15 minutes a day, I get my vitamin D. Mm -hmm. You know, the most important hormone you need to 
to fight off infection. Um, you know, I can park far away from the front door of the grocery store. I can walk and I can force myself in my everyday living to get in that aerobic exercise. And like you're talking about HBOT, HBOT might be out of somebody's reach. But you know what the most important part of HBOT is? Oxygen. Yep. And most people don't breathe enough, believe it or not, not intentionally, not deeply, not therapeutically. There are breathing exercises that can improve your overall health. Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, so th there's a lot we can do. So thank you so much for 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 putting that in there, reminding us that our health is in our control, no matter exactly. what our, our budget. Um, but still, we do need to find ways to help people. <clears throat> Can't afford those good doctors. Right, and that's that is the that is the tragedy in, in in this country. There's so many people. Like for example, the the diabetes is rising worldwide, and every time that there's a free clinic, the number one issue is either pre-diabetes or diabetes. And pre-diabetes and diabetes is you can control it via diet. That is mm -hmm. the one thing that you have in your in your power. The problem, of course, is convenience of processed foods and ultra processed foods that yeah. are there to hijack your thinking process. Yeah. It's convenient and it hijacks and reinforces unhealthy habits. Cooking healthy mm -hmm. food takes time and it takes preparation. And if you're in a place where you're just basically working to just pay the, pay the bill that yeah. you don't have any room for it, it becomes very, very difficult to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And Flipping things around. I remember years ago, I was a grocery checker and a woman came through my line. It was a big old cart and it had frozen pizzas, just a lot of prepared food. And I asked her what was going on because it was an unusual amount of the same items. And she was a home ec teacher. And I said, what? <laughs> so she says, well, we don't really, at least in this school district, we don't really teach them how to cook from scratch anymore because nobody does that. So we just teach them how to warm up food, open cans. I, I was just here. I mean, and this was in like this, this part of Washington state in uh, area called like Linwood area, very multicultural. And yeah. it would have been so fantastic for one week, just ask the students in the class because, you know, there was Vietnamese and Korean and South African. I mean, such a rich diversity of food. You could oh, have yeah. had the students from, you know, every week bring us the, the recipes from your family culture and let's learn how to make these dishes. It would have been so fabulous. And it um, didn't happen. Yeah, It didn't happen. They're learning how to microwave food. And I, I remember once... Um, oh shoot, where it was some little friend came over to my son's when he was young and I was making cookies and they went up to the counter and they said, you can, you can, you can make that. I thought it came in a tube. They thought <laughs> cookie dough came in a tube. They didn't know you could make homemade cookie dough. They had never, yeah. the seven-year-old had never seen homemade cookies except for you buy the tube and you slice it and put it in the oven. Yep. And and so many things, Javier, we've the, the lost art of so many things. We threw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. Um, taking the time to, I mean, one of the things 
that I love to do is like just put a, a big fry pan on the stove, turn the heat on, drizzle a little olive oil. You know, start chopping up a little onion, put it in there. You start getting that smell of that onion cooking, a little garlic, throwing some veggies. Oh, yeah. That ritual, that smell, that preparation, you know, that it, and if you do this in a thoughtful way, I mean, it, it's just so fulfilling. And um, I would love to see the young generation get back to that and understanding. And then the pleasures of no TV on, maybe a little music, but exactly. sitting there with this meal that you, you everybody helped chop and prepare together while you conversed and sit down at the meal together and eat it, you know, it's probably a novel experience for a lot of people, but this is community, socializing, healing, bonding. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just yes. so much there, but don't come to my house because on any given day, I'm eating in one room, my husband's eating in the other room, my son's eating in his room. So, but just because we don't always do this doesn't mean I don't understand the value and appreciate what it is, you know? Yes. And, um, yeah. So, okay. What else was that I going to pull up? I was going to bring up um, a couple of things that I had been tweeting about recently. Um, Aaron Siri, the wonderful attorney who does great work for the Informed Consent Action Network, he proposed on Twitter amending the U.S. and state constitutions to add, quote, that no law may require or coerce a person to receive or use a medical product or impose a penalty or deprive a benefit for refusing a medical product or refusing to disclose whether a person has received a medical product. But I'd like Amen. to take that one. Yeah, isn't that great? But one step further, there is a bill, and I forget what state it's in. It might be Ted Fogarty's wonderful state. Where was that? But they also included whether or not you've been, you have natural immunity. I don't want to live in a show me your papers world. Exactly. Either for exposure to a pharmaceutical product or infection. If I'm healthy and I'm not coughing and sneezing all over you and I don't have a fever, and it's been 24 hours since I had a fever. Leave me go, right? Yep. yep. Um, you know that we got to get back to that that world again. This this they really was evil genius to convince people that healthy people, symptom free, that their very breath could kill grandma with six degrees exactly. of separation. I mean, we've got to let that go. We've got this Cochrane study now. Have you read the Cochrane study? That <laughs> yes. So do you, can you, um, can you explain to people who are new, who the, the Cochrane, oh, we got two minutes. How the heck did that happen? Can you quickly tell them what Cochrane is? <laughs> so the Cochrane Collaboration is a database of uh, statistical researchers that look at the uh, compiled data that is out there in the medical literature. And they try and do what are called meta-analyses, which is basically looking at studies of studies of studies to try and see if they can get any meaningful statistical information on um, on aggregate results. Instead of trying to do one big study to answer the question, they're basically looking at, is there a trend in the studies? And then you have to classify it by also quality that they mm -hmm. control for certain variables because it can, the, depending on how you do the study, you can show anything. But well-controlled studies 
that take into account and try to control for as many variables as possible are really the hallmarks of excellent epidemiology as well as good clinical research. Cochrane collaboration was basically started in the 70s to do away with all the tobacco science in essence. Yeah. Basically and aggregate it, the results for, uh, that are out there, yeah. And and in they did this recently with all the literature on whether masks will prevent viral infection. And the conclusion was they do not. No, they do exactly. nothing to stop the spread or stop seriousness of disease or hospitalization or death. So you can breathe freely. If you are symptomatic and sick, I recommend you stay home, wash your hands, you know, cover your cough. You don't have to cook anyway. Yes. So you can drop the masks. It's official. The word is in. Anyway, Javier, it's been a great two hours with you, my friend. Thank you yes. so much. You as well. Bye, Bernadette. Bye-bye. You've been listening to An Informed Life uh, Radio on 1150 AM KKNW and CHD TV. We will see you next week. Hi, I'm Brad Dacus, president and founder of the Pacific Justice Institute. For over 25 years, PGI's mission has been to defend religious freedom, parental rights, and the sanctity of human life. PGI has protected patients from being taken off life support and stood up for citizens around the country facing job loss for medical decisions that should be left between them and their doctor. For free legal representation and resources, visit pji.org. Hi, I'm Lynn Redwood, president of the nonprofit Children's Health Defense. Our chairman, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and our entire team are devoted to ending the epidemic of illnesses and disorders plaguing our children today. Through legal action, we're working to hold industries and government agencies accountable and to establish safeguards to prevent further harm. We're working overtime during this COVID-19 crisis to keep you informed about the politics and science of rush vaccine candidates. Freedom and our children's futures have never been more in jeopardy. But we can succeed. With your help, we can stop the devastation and give our children and grandchildren the healthy future they deserve. To learn more about what we're doing and how you can help, visit childrenshealthdefense.org and sign up for our free news. Please visit childrenshealthdefense.org today. Are you suffering from a sinking feeling that the COVID-19 pandemic is being blown out of proportion and that nothing in the news is making any sense? If so, then there is a fact-based, science-driven news show designed just for you. My name is Del Bigtree, and I am the host of The High Wire, the world's most trusted news source in digital media when it comes to accurate, science-based reporting on the COVID-19 pandemic. From COVID-19 vaccine development to mask mandates, school shutdowns to job layoffs, The High Wire goes beyond providing you with the most accurate, evidence-based investigations. We send you links to the sources for all of our reporting so that you can further your own investigation and come to your own informed conclusions. High above the agenda-driven circus of mainstream media, we do not run. We do not hide from the truth. Instead, we walk the high wire. If you care about truth, then join us on Instagram, Twitter, Roku, and our website, thehighwire.com.